attributes of the living God. Amen. And I tell you, the greatest thing about it is he's not just a living God to somebody. He's a living God to us. Amen. We, we've experienced him in the power of his resurrection. And amen. We greet you all this evening in the name of the Lord. That'll be all the uh, singing tonight. I'm not going to uh, try to sing with all this wonderful singing that we've heard tonight. My hat and the worship just been wonderful here this evening. Amen. Uh, just the spirit of the Lord moving and amen, preparing our hearts to receive from his word. And amen. As we come to you tonight, we want to invite you in the scriptures to the book of John, the 14th chapter, the book of John, the uh, 14th chapter. I know it's a very, very familiar reading uh, to the bride of Jesus Christ. And as you're turning there, we want to say it is a real honor and a privilege to be here uh, with you all this weekend and uh, to see so many of our friends here gathered from different places. And Brother uh, Wendell bringing his church down and uh, the effort to come. And I know they're going back for service tomorrow, so we really do appreciate that. And we just appreciate Brother Wendell and his stand on this message. And amen. We are very thankful to be able to stand here in this, uh, as Brother Sam has said, this miracle. And uh, it's a real uh, it's a real honor to see what God has done for the assembly here. And I tell you, uh, it's not every day that you stand in a church like this that you can see the hand of God just preserving it down through time and we are very thankful for the work of the lord that's being done here and very uh, much appreciate the sam and his stand for this word and amen to raise up a lighthouse in this community as a witness of jesus christ the same yesterday today and forever and for that we are very grateful we'll turn to john uh, the 14th chapter i may uh you want me to switch mics or is this one okay it's Okay, it's cutting in and out. Uh, just take this one. Amen. So we'll just try this one. Amen. We'll have church anyhow, right? Amen. We want to look in John, the 14th chapter, the 12th verse. Uh, Jesus here speaking. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall say or ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now if he shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. There's no question mark, no hesitation. There's no reservation. Is it possible? But God has spoke directly to the believers. If you ask it in my name, I will do it. Amen. Let's just bow our hearts together tonight. And how many would say, Lord, uh, just come by and speak to me tonight. Amen. He sees your hand. Let's just join. Him. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you tonight, we are indeed grateful to be called your children. Lord, we are thankful for the faith that is in our hearts, Lord, to be gathered and to be assembled here in your house, Lord. Father, we stand here tonight with hearts overjoyed to see, Lord, your provisions, your blessings for this congregation, Lord. Father, not out to set a name for themselves or to, Lord, establish another idea, but, Lord, to raise up a lighthouse right here in this community that, the Son of Man could be lifted up above every religion, above every tradition, above every creed. And, Lord, by the resurrection of the Son of Man, that, Lord, you said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And, Lord, we've not given an idea. We've not come to lift up a tradition. We've not come, Lord, to lift up a creed. But, Lord, 
the name that is above every name. That that name, every knee has to bow. Lord, every tongue has to confess. Every demon has to turn loose of what he has laid his hands upon. So tonight, Lord, we claim this meeting tonight for thy grace. We we pray that you would drive out every spirit of hindrance, O God. Lord, every demon that would try to hinder in any way, may you bind it right now, Lord. Father, that the spirit of the Holy Ghost could move freely throughout the church. Lord, heal our sick, O God. Father, save the lost, Lord. If there be one here tonight growing cold on you, Lord, may you come by by the preaching of your word. And may you take a coal of fire up off the altar. And may you lay it up on the lips, Lord, that we, Father, would change our confession, Lord, from we can't do it. We're not able to do it. We're unable to take it. But, Lord, we'll say all things are possible, Lord, to them that believe. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Bless this assembly, God. Visit with us tonight in your word. We love you, Lord. We commit this meeting into thy faithful hands. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And all the believers says, amen. 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 God richly bless you this evening as you have your uh, seats here this afternoon. I I want to, if I can, uh, for just a few moments to uh, speak to you here tonight out of that scripture. And if I title this tonight, I want to title the sermon. I want to speak to you on the bride's uh, paradox. Uh, the bride's paradox. I, I know uh, you that have studied the message and are familiar with the message. You know that Brother Branham will preach uh, six different times. He will preach a sermon entitled Paradox. Now, uh, I'm not actually going to preach to you all six sermons of the message's paradox, but I'm going to pull uh, quite a bit from those tapes tonight to maybe uh, just share something with you that's on my heart. And I want to uh, just say it to you like this. When Brother Branham first preaches this, he preaches in 1961 there in Jefferson. And he says, oh, the only thing that God's waiting on now is he wants to get one man. He don't have to have big organizations. He don't have to have big denomination. He wants to get one man that he can wrap his spirit into him. And that'll tell the rest of it. There will be another paradox. Amen. He wants to get one man. He can wrap his spirit into him. He said that will tell the rest of it. And there will be another paradox. He said until he can get some Someone completely surrendered that will do that. That's the way God does his work. Amen. He uses paradoxes. So God, amen, does not use machinery. He does not use mechanical devices. He does not use, amen, amen, the ideas of religion or the or, or, or even denominational systems. Amen. But when God gets ready to perform or to manifest himself or to declare himself, amen, he does it through a paradox. Now, you know that Brother Brown preaches a message called Jehovah of miracles, right? Amen. Now you'll realize that Jehovah of the old is the Jesus of the new, right? Jehovah of the old is the Jesus of the new. So what you saw, amen, in Jehovah, you will see also in Jesus Christ. Brother Bram said in the message Paradox 63 Chicago, he said, according to Webster, a paradox is something that seems incredible, but it's true. It's incredible, but it's true. Therefore, he said a paradox would be the same as a miracle. See, a Paradox is when something that seems like it just couldn't be, amen, the knowledge of the human mind, it's altogether incredible, amen, 
but yet it's proven true. Amen. It's altogether incredible, but yet it's proven true. I don't know, Brother Webster, if you can give me a little bit more in my ear, I would appreciate it. Amen. He said it's something that is incredible. That's that's great. A little bit more. Amen. Amen. But it's true. Now, a miracle would be the same thing for a miracle cannot be explained. He said a miracle is something that happens and you cannot explain it. He said that's what makes it a paradox. It's incredible, but yet it's true. So if you can actually explain it, amen, it's not a miracle. If you can actually figure it out, it's not a paradox. If you can actually sit down and put pieces together and realize how this come about, then it's no longer a paradox. It is now a scientific fact that can be proven. But listen, church, we are not a scientific church. Amen. We are a faith church. We we are not a church that moves by the way things are going according to science or the way things are going according to religion. Amen. But we are moving according to the Spirit. Now, he said people today, a lot of modernists, they don't even believe in miracles. They actually believe, amen, that miracles are past. They don't believe there is such a thing as a miracle. He said, but yet I believe that the world is full of miracles. Amen. I say this, I stand with a prophet. The world is full of miracles. Religion don't believe in miracles. Amen. Denomination, some of them teach that miracles are not even in existence anymore. Amen. But thank God that he would send a prophet in this generation that would stand before the church and say, listen, you are looking for a miracle. You are trying to find a miracle and don't even realize that your very being is a miracle within itself. Listen, amen. I know we want to see miracles and I believe in miracles. I believe we shall see miracles. Amen. But don't let the devil rob you of a miracle. Amen. Of the fact that you're still serving God. Amen. You're still believing his word. You're still pressing the greatest battle that has ever been fought. You say, well, someday, somewhere, sometime, I'm going to see a miracle. But when you were getting ready for church and you were looking in the mirror, amen, you were not looking at Wendell Martin. You were not looking at Sam Parker. Amen. But you were looking at a paradox. Amen. Of Jehovah himself. Amen. That he could take possession of a flesh-born body and could manifest himself through there. I believe the world is full of paradoxes. I believe, amen, that paradox is constantly. Now, a paradox 63, he said what makes a paradox is when somebody believes God and takes him at his word. Amen. What makes a paradox is when somebody will believe God and they will take him at his word. Another place, the word paradox, according to Webster, it is something that is incredible, but it's true. He said, now you've heard the old saying, amen, that truth is more stranger than fiction, right? Amen. Truth is more stranger than fiction. He said, see, because when a person tells the truth, amen, sometimes it's very strange. Now, amen, Brother Brown would actually go into this in the power of decision 55. He said, see, what happens is, amen, truth is more stranger than fiction. He said, like over there, they'll tell you that William Tail actually put an apple on his son's head, and he said, they'll say he shot that apple off of his son's head. He said, see, when I come over there, that was a lie that was never even done. Now, you think about this, hundreds of years later, Brother Branham comes into that country, and they're still telling something that's been told for generation. Amen. Think about this. How many times, amen, have they had to tell that lie? Amen, to keep that lie alive. How many generations they have they have fed that lie, they have promoted that lie, and that lie is still living tonight that William Tell, Amen, shot an apple off of his son's head, and it's nothing but a story of fiction. Amen. But listen to me tonight, friends. Amen. If people can come under the influence of a false anointing, amen, and spread a lie through the generation, then don't you think it's time that the church 
the living God. Amen. Realize that we're not following fiction. We're not following religion. We're, we're not following man's ideas. We are following something that has been vindicated in the heavens. It has been vindicated upon the earth. It has been vindicated around the world seven times. We are not following a fiction. We are following the truth. We, we are not following some history. We are following a reality. We are not following, amen, what some man come up with years ago. We are following, thus saith the Lord. And it's going to take faith to believe it. Brother Bram said they told me that story how that a few years ago a man got in a fight down there somehow and got his head cut off. So he decided he didn't want to die there. So he just goes over and picks up his head, puts under his arms, walks five miles up the hill and died there so they could build a church up there. He said, and you expect common civilized people, amen, to believe such Tommy Rod as that. He said, I looked right at him and said, that's only by faith, isn't it? I want to tell you right now, my faith is too weak for that. Think about this. The same people, that can, now I'm not going to get into Christmas, but I am going to preach. Amen. The same people that can tell their kids about Santa Claus, amen, are the same people that don't believe cancers can leave bodies. The same people that can tell their kids, amen, that you can hide some Easter eggs somewhere and the Easter bunny will come through is the same people that say God don't even perform miracles. i tell you what's happened. The church has become tied down by a bunch of scientific facts, but my Bible says in the evening time it shall be light and when the evening light returns amen the evening light will release the church amen to believe that if God done it before he can do it again I feel like preaching here for a second if he performed a miracle before he can perform a miracle again listen you may not think it's a miracle amen but somebody here does amen you're sitting in a building tonight amen that you didn't go get a mortgage for amen you didn't go get finances to buy amen but God of paradoxes, amen, come right into Bentley, Kansas and performed a paradox for this church. I tell you what it's time to do. It's time to start believing God for the impossible. It's time to start believing God for big things. Our faith ought to be a further up the road to believe God for the impossible. See, then we're not following fiction. We are following truth, right? And truth is always stranger than fiction. Right, truth is always stranger than fiction. We're, we're actually living in an evil world. How many will agree with me on that? We are actually living in an evil world, but we are sanctified by the word of God. Now, I just lay in a paradox. Y'all preach me, so just let me, let me lay a paradox here. In the book of John, the 17th chapter, the 13th verse, Jesus said, Now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world had hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. So right there is a paradox. He was not praying that you would be taken out of the world to be actually to become an overcomer, but he was praying that you would be in the world, but you would not be of the world. You, you would be right in the middle of an evil world, but you would be kept by the word of Almighty God. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Then sanctify them through thy truth. Amen. Thy word is truth. We have just identified what truth is. Thy word is truth. Then what is truth? It is stranger than fiction. 
Amen. So the word is going to be stranger, amen, than the fiction that the world has promoted for thousands of years. Thou hast sent me in the world. Even so have I also sent them in the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified through the truth. Now watch this in the church age book. He said, here it is heavenly set forth that the perfect manifestation of God in the Son was by the indwelling amen spirit manifesting in word and works so the, 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 the clear distinction of the manifestation of the word in the church was by the word and it was by the works that was bearing record of the word that was in the body he said that is exactly what we have been teaching all along when the bride will get back to being a word bride then she will produce the very works that Jesus produce. The Word is God. The Spirit is God. They are all one. One cannot work apart from the other. If one truly has the Spirit of God, he will have the Word of God, right? See, that is how it was with the prophets. They had the indwelling Spirit of God, and the Word came to them. They had the Spirit in them, and the Word came to them. That is how it was with Jesus. In him was the Spirit without measure, and the Word came to him. Jesus both began to do and to teach. He said, My doctrine is not my own, but the Father's that sent me. Now remember, John the Baptist was both the prophet and the messenger of his day. He was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. When he was baptized and in the Jordan, the Word of God, Jesus came to him. He said, The Word always comes comes to the truly spirit filled. That is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. That is what Jesus said would be the evidence. He said, I will pray the Father. He will send you another comforter that he may abide with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So the world can receive fiction but they cannot receive the word. They cannot receive the spirit of truth. But we know what truth is. Listen, that's a shouting point right there. We know what truth is in a world that is led by fiction, in a world that is controlled, amen, by lie on top of, come on, church, amen, your White House is a bunch of liars, amen, your city halls are a bunch of liars, amen, the government's a bunch of liars, come on, church, amen, we're surrounded by lies, amen, but thank God in the end time, he would restore the word and the spirit of truth would return to the church. We would not be following man's ideas. We would not be following lies of religion. We would be following the saith the Lord and it would be leading us from victory unto victory. It would be taking us from glory unto glory. The word is the truth. Come on, church. I think it's time to let the word become the preeminence of the church. I think it's time, amen, to let the word become the preeminence of our ministries. The word is the truth. What did Jesus say? He said, thy word is truth. Right, John 17, 17. Thy word is truth. Again, in John 8, 43, who do you understand? Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Did you notice that Jesus said that the world could not receive the Holy Ghost? The world could not receive the Holy Ghost. Well, in the verse I just read, neither could they receive the word. Why? Because the Spirit and the word are one. And if you have the Holy Prophets, the word would come to you and you would receive it. 
Come on, church. If you want the manifestation of God, when the word comes to you, you will receive it. He said, look at John 14, 26, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm laying some things in here. Amen. Whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. Here again, we find the word coming. Amen. Because the Spirit of God. Amen. Then you cannot have the word and not have the Spirit. And you cannot have the spirit and not have the word. Come on, church. People say, well, we're we're a word church or we're we're a spirit church. Amen. I say we're a true worship church. Amen. Where we're not just worshiping in spirit and we're not just worshiping in truth. Amen. But the Father has come and he is seeking such who will worship him in the dynamics of his resurrection. At the same time, they will worship him in the fundamental facts of his word. We are not a hybridized church. We are the bride of Jesus. Jesus Christ anointed with a position. Oh, dear God. I just knocked the guitar over. Sorry. We are anointed with a position, and that position is coming from the word. Amen. Uh, If it's broke, see Wendell. Okay. Amen. Amen. The word has come to the church. Are you hearing me? The word has come to the church. We are not following fiction, friends. We are following vindicated thoroughly vindicated truth. I tell you, people say, well, amen, we need to get real deep. How much more deep can you get, amen, than thus saith the Lord that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, amen, today and forever. But I propose to you that the same one that taught Paul on the road to Damascus is the same one that's in this building tonight, and he's not coming to you because of what creeds you're under. He's not coming to you because of what sect you're a part of. He's coming to you because before the foundation of the world. There was a gene seed in your soul and it was a germatized seed and it was placed there to receive the word in the age that the sender would send it in. The word is coming because of the spirit of God. So if you got the word, you welcome the spirit. And if you got the spirit, you will welcome the word, right? How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, the word. Notice this, Brother Bram breaks it down. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come? He said, what is that? It's the word. He will guide you into all truth. Thy word is truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, word of God, that shall he speak, word. And he will show you things to come. He said, it's the spirit bringing the word of prophecy. Amen. I want you to note very carefully. I'm not reading this to take up your time. I'm reading it to lay a foundation that Jesus did not say the evidence of being baptized with the Holy Ghost was speaking in tongues or interpreting or prophesying or shouting and dancing. He said the evidence would be that you would be in the truth. You would be in the word of God for your age. And the evidence has to do with receiving the word. Come on, church. Amen. There's Pentecostals that can outshout us any day, but they don't have the spirit. Amen. They got an idea. Come on. There's people who can out dream us and out vision us and out speak in tongues us. Amen. Come on. I might as well preach since I'm here, Hatton. Amen. The devil, the devil can quote better than you. The devil can preach better than any preacher in this message. The devil can out sing any singer in this message. But there's one thing you can do that the devil cannot do. And the devil cannot live right. The devil cannot live this word. The devil cannot receive the word and overcome the world by the word, but there is a bride on the earth tonight who is overcoming 200,000 devils and she's not doing it by feelings and she's not doing it by sensitivity
dispensation. And she's not doing it by education, but she's doing it by the word. And it's the spirit of truth. It's the word of truth. We are not here under a creed. We are here under the word. Brother Bram said, watch. The proof of the indwelling spirit was to acknowledge and to follow what God's prophet gave for his age and accept the church in order. The evidence of a spirit-filled Christian believer is not to produce the truth, which is the word, but to receive the truth, amen, and to believe it and to obey it. The bride of Jesus Christ is not to produce the word. She is not to produce the truth. She is to receive the word. She is to receive the truth. She is to believe it and to obey it. Listen, friends, I don't know if you realize or not, but we're in a battle. We're not on a picnic. We're not out happy-go-lucky. Amen. Who showed up? Who didn't show Amen. Who's our friend? Who's not? No, we've gone beyond that. We are not in a picnic. We are in a battle. And the prophet of God say we are in a battle for the truth. Them ends it's been lost. God said they would be restored again in the last days. We're looking for him. Speaking of Malachi 4, we're looking for his manifestation and we'll see the vindicated word of God. There will be just a few understanding as it was in the days of Noah. So will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Where was saved? In the days of Lot, there was actually three saved. Amen. The wife started out. Amen. And lost. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. There will be very few saved or translated in that time. Not one of the mysteries of the church is being taken up then we are not here, amen, preparing for another church age. We are not here sharpening ideas to see who's this and who's that. We are here with one purpose, amen, and that is to prepare for the changing of our bodies. That is to prepare for the rapture. Listen, the victory to the battle of truth will be the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, which will be the rapture. Listen, I don't know if you realize this or not, amen, but let me just give that devil a black eye. You will not take the rapture by how you feel on the morning the rapture sets in. You will not take the rapture by what by what ideas you're following. You will take the rapture by one thing, and that is the word. You will take the rapture by the word. You will take the rapture by the truth. Then God had to send a prophet under the spirit of truth to receive, amen, the manifestation, the idea, the, 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 oh, how can I say it? Amen, to receive the very thoughts of God and to speak them across the pulpit as the spoken word of God that they would fall into ground that would manifest. She will go in the rapture by the word. That's right. Amen, the word and the word will come together. Amen, the the bride will go in the rapture by the word. The word and the word will come together. Listen, I know it's hard to receive these things, amen, because we're living in an intellectual age. But let me just tell you what a prophet said, how God keeps his word in this intellectual age. God keeps his word in this intellectual age. I love what he says. He said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How can he still discern the thoughts of the human heart? How he can still change man? How he can still keep the word that he promised in this day? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How he can still manifest and let them take the picture of that same pillar of fire that followed Israel, the same one that was with the Lord Jesus, the same one that was 
down there with Saul on the road. Amen. The same one that delivered Peter out of the prison. The same angel of God is here tonight and he's doing the very same thing it did when it was here on earth manifested in human flesh. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love what he says. I believe that God is wanting people to believe in a paradox. I believe that God is wanting people to believe in a paradox. You know the first step to see in a paradox is believing that you're in position to see one. You know the first stage, amen, to receiving a paradox is to believe that God has included you in his word and he's here to manifest himself through you. He's here to perform his wonderful word through your flesh. I've went away over time, he said, but I believe there could be a paradox right here. I believe that God is willing and wanting to take his people and show himself. If he can only get a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, to lay down their own thoughts and become a prisoner to him and to believe him. He is the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and now he is in you. That's where I'm going tonight. Amen. He that was with Paul on the road to Damascus. He that was with Peter in the prison. He that was with Jesus when he left the very bosom of almighty God. That same pillar of fire is not in a tomb in Jerusalem. It is not in a grave in Jeffersonville. But that pillar of fire is in word made flesh assembly and it's circling through this building tonight. It's not looking for your education. It's not looking for your abilities. It's not looking for your human efforts. It's looking for somebody who will become a prisoner to the pillar of fire. Amen. That Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can come into flesh. And now he is in you, the hope of glory, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said in John 14, 12, he that believeth on me, amen, the works that I do, shall he do also. Can I preach to you tonight? He is in you. You didn't know you was going to be preached, but you are. Look at somebody next to you and say, he's in you. He's in you. Some of y'all are still looking at me. It's the person on the right or the left. He's in you. Oh, Brother Andrew, I know he's in my pastor, Brother Sam. No, he's in you. Well, I know he's in Brother Wendell. No, he's in you. Well, I know he's in Brother Andrew. No, he is in you. Come on, church. This is not Noah's paradox. This is not Moses' paradox. This is not Paul's paradox. This is the paradox. This is the miracle of the church of the living God in the age she's living in. He is in you. You say, who is he that's in me? Can I say it to you like this? He is in you. Who is in me, Brother Andrew? We are in the God of paradox. Think about that. Before there was one molecule, you was in him. Before there was one devil, you was in him. Before there was one iniquity, you was in him. Before there was one sin, you was in him. Come on, church. We were in the God of paradox. But a prophet said, can I preach? A prophet said we bypassed and we came out of him. We didn't come the way we should have come. We bypassed that and come in contact with a human spirit. But the devil didn't win. Amen. Because the God who sits high is the same God that looks low and he said though they bypassed the way they should have come, I will come in the form of the new birth and I will infill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it won't just be them saying that they're in the God of paradox. But in 2023, the God of paradox will return in flesh in the bride of Jesus Christ and he will perform another paradox. 
Can you prove that by the Bible? I can. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Colossians 1.27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Brother Bimson, I believe every born-again member of the body of Christ is a paradox in themselves. Oh, that never, he said, how could, I believe each one of you Methodists, Presbyterian, Lutheran, never had an experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, was in some formal church that did not believe in the genuine new birth and has now received the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a perfect example of a paradox. Think about that. You are a perfect example of a paradox. He said, watch this, because something happened to you and it changed your whole being and anyone could look at that and know what a paradox is. A paradox is a miracle. Amen. Amen. Something happened to you and you've been changed. Amen. Something happened to you. You don't go the same places you used to go. You don't entertain the same friendships that you used to entertain. You know why? Because you have become a paradox. Any man that's born of the same spirit that performs miracles, it's an easy thing for him to believe in miracles because he is part of God, a son and daughter of God, not by denomination, not by creed, not by handshake, but by a birth. He said, you have died to your own intellects and you've been born again of the spirit of God. Listen, and you are a paradox yourself. Come on, church. You're a paradox yourself. He said, see how that you've been changed, amen, from death unto life. You are a paradox in yourself, how you have been changed from death unto life. From your innermost being is a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's a paradox. God speaks his word. His children believe it. And God, the science cannot prove it. Amen. They know nothing about it. But the children believe it anyhow because God performs a paradox. His word that spoke the world into existence can make every word that he ever promised come to pass. Come on, church. We ain't here for an education tonight. We're here for a paradox. We're not here for some scientific proof that Jesus Christ is out of the grave in Jerusalem. We are here, amen, to see the God of paradox come on the scene and perform another one. If he did it before, he can do it again. You say, how can you say that? Amen, because I'm not preaching, amen, from a cunningly devised fable. I am preaching from the word of God. Peter said, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty we were eyewitnesses of his majesty look at this word cunningly it means to become wise it means to to have understanding it means to invent it it actually means to play the part of a sophist now listen to this to play the sophist it means to devise cleverly or cunningly i looked up brother wendell what that word play the sophist actually means that phrase it's very powerful it means to be related with skepticism so in other words in the last days because the world would not receive the spirit of truth 
They will not receive what has been vindicated. They will actually become, uh, they'll actually begin to play the part of a sophist. They will actually become a skeptic of truth. Now, Brother Bram says it like this. He said, bring them to the redemption power of his resurrection. Take away all shadows of doubt and unbelief and destroy all skepticism that the church might move on in perfect harmony with the will of God as presented by the Bible and the Holy Spirit. If you're going to destroy skepticism, you're not going to do it by dismissing the Spirit. If you're going to destroy skepticism, you're not going to do it by dismissing the Word. Amen. But somebody who has become a paradox, amen, the reason they're a paradox is because the Word broke the spirit of skepticism over there. You all know what I'm talking about. Amen. When you first heard about God, really, you was a skeptic because you looked at it and you said, well, he did it for Moses and he did it for Noah and he did it for this one, but there's no way he could do it for somebody as dirty and as filthy and as undone as I am. Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy, came on the scene to prove to you that he can take nothing and make something out of it. He come on the scene to prove to you that it's not too late. Amen. To destroy that devil of skepticism that has plagued your life and plagued your mind. Destroy all skepticism that the church might move on by the power of the Holy Ghost. He said over there in Africa, what they say, they say these words. Amen, an unseen force, a moya. He said they say your God is like the wind. He's the unseen God. He's like the wind. He's the power, but we don't see him. He said, but I believe that we can see him. Amen. Have I got any believers here tonight? I believe we can see him. Brother Andrew, you come too late. Brother Branham's done dead. I believe we can see him. Well, Brother Andrew, it's a little too hard. Too many situations, too many circumstances. But I believe that we can see him. Come on, church. Have we let the devil so relax us and cool off our expectation that we don't believe God can move in a service no more and break out, amen, and do something spontaneous? But I happen to believe that we're living in a season that while the word is going forward, that cancers can fall off of bodies. I happen to believe that we're living in a season while the word is being preached that an empty vessel of a young person, they can receive the dynamics of God and the dynamics can strike the mechanics and they can rise up out of a lukewarm, formal, cold condition and begin to walk with God. Come on, church. It's time to put your walking shoes on. It's time to put your staff in your hand. It's time to start walking on the promises of God. We've sat on the premises long enough. I I think it's time somebody rise up and start walking in the promises of the message of the hour and possessing and taking everything the devils took from them. It's a paradox. It's incredible, but it's true. You say, well, that was John, the 12th chapter. He said, if he can be taken in them days to be seen by one of his disciples, then why can't we of his disciples tonight? Bring the seekers to his presence. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, can I quote to you, Brother Branham? I know this sounds rational, but if you'll just bear with us a few minutes, I believe that I, by God's help, with his word, and according to his word, I can bring him right here before you. Brother Mitch, that's a mouthful. 
a man born of a natural desire of a father and a mother would stand on the earth in the 20th century and say, I believe that I, by God's help with his word and according to his word, I can bring him right here before you and then what a consolation that'll be. It is just a myth. Is it just some words put together? Is it just some Jewish fable or truth? Where there is much error, there has got to be a truth somewhere. Now think about this. We live in a day and time where people actually believe a demonic manifestation quicker than they will believe a supernatural one. You get a, what kind of preach? You get up and you say, you know, the other day I was in a meeting and there was a person come up for prayer and the devil manifested. They fell out on the floor, slithered like a snake, all kinds of things. I say, wow, man, that's something. What was it like to see that? But get up and say, you know, the other day, and then I went to the doctor and the doctor said there was a spot on my lung or a spot on my, uh, on my, on my kidney or something. And I went back to church and had the preacher pray for me, laid his hand on me, cursed that thing, went back to the doctor a week later and he said, you know what, sir, I don't know, amen, but we can can't find it. People say, well, you know why You know why that was? It's because the doctor got you mixed up. You know why that was? It's because, the, amen, maybe the machine had a glitch in that day. Come on, church. Amen. How long are we going to let the devil reduce us down to just church members in the building and not church members out there? I think it's high time for the church of the living God, amen, to rise up and give God praise regardless of what they're going through, regardless of what they're facing, regardless of the bad report, regardless of the negative thing. We have been given authority by the word amen to believe that the God of paradox has come back on the scene listen it's a prophecy in the end time listen it's a prophecy in the end time amen that the people will turn from truth into fables the Bible said the time will come they will not endure sound doctrine but they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and they shall be turned unto fables come on church truth is more stranger than fiction and in the last days, the people's going to get what they've been wanting. They've been wanting somebody to tell them they can live any life they want to and some golden daybreak they're going to heaven. They've been looking for somebody to tell them, amen, that it's okay to smoke a little bit. It's okay to drink a little It's okay to miss church, you know. Amen, three services a week is a little too much. Amen, what are they doing? They're listening to fiction rather than truth. But we are not a bride of fiction. We are not a bride of fables. We are a bride of truth. We live on truth. We thrive on truth. We sing about truth. We shout about truth. We preach about truth. We are a bride that means truth. How do you say it? I'm saying God is calling a bride. The devil's calling a church. Which one are you going to be a part of? God calling a bride or the devil calling a church? Anybody can be a church, but the prophet of God said, according to this, on the wings of a snow white dove, he said the dove is always loyal to his mate. What is his mate? A true bride, female dove, is loyal to her mate. It won't inject any dogma, any denominational doctrine, anything of the world. It'll stay loyal to its mate. The word always loyal. Now, we said it like this. The prophet of God said the world is actually full of paradoxes. Do you believe that? But can I say it to you like this? The Bible that you're reading is actually full of paradoxes as well. If you look in the Bible, I don't have time to preach all the paradoxes, but let me just give you a few. Here's one. It's a man named Noah. 
He's a carpenter. He's a nobody on the backside of nowhere, just minding his own business, serving God, living right. And all of a sudden, a word comes to him and says, go gather some gopher wood and prepare an ark to the dimensions that I tell you of because there's a flood coming upon the earth. There's a rain coming. And when that rain comes, it's going to kill everything that's not inside the ark that I have told you to prepare. It was a paradox that a man built an ark out of the worst wood that you could build with. It was a paradox that he did not seal that thing with the best thing you could seal it with. He sealed it with pitch and tar on the inside and the outside. It was a paradox that it rained for 40 days and 40 nights and an old gopher wood built ark, amen, rose to the top of the floods and swam across those as a testimony that when God commands a man to do something, he better forsake everything and become a part of what God is commanding him to do. It was incredible. But it was true. Come on, church. It was incredible, but it was true. Look at the three Hebrew children. It was incredible that three Hebrew boys could go into the fiery furnace and the people throwing them in there would actually be annihilated by the heat of the fire, right? Amen. But them three Hebrew boys could go in there. They could go in there tied up, all bound up, but they could go in there and they could begin to fellowship, amen, around the promise of God's word and then all of a sudden... Let me preach a little bit. All of a sudden, amen, the fourth man appeared. And you know what happened when he appeared? When they went in the fire, they were all tied up. They couldn't raise their hands. They couldn't stomp their feet. They couldn't clap their hands. They couldn't get out in the aisle and dance a little bit. They were all tied up. Amen. But they went in their fellowshipping about the God of creation. They went in their fellowshipping about the God of paradox. And right there in the middle of the fire, amen, the fourth man showed up. And when he showed up, Amen. He loosed their bands. He loosed their hosen. They come out of the clothes that was binding them. It was a paradox. It was incredible, but it was true. Are you hearing me? It was incredible, but it was true. What are you, what are you saying? I'm saying don't ever quit believing in the God of paradox. Look at Daniel. He went in the lion's den. There was, there was hungry lions in there. Daniel went in there. When he went in there and began to eat, the Bible says he began to pray. Them hungry lions were looking for a good meal. Amen. But by the time the God of paradox got done, by the time the God of paradox got done, them old lions had become Daniel's pillar. What are you saying? I'm talking about a man named Samson. Now, can I preach here for a second? Amen. Because y'all believe in things being predestinated. Do, do you believe in things? Do you believe in things being preserved when they ought to have been destroyed? Come on, I can preach here for a second. Do you believe that God can actually keep something in position for a specific time? Amen. Thousands, if not hundreds of years. Amen. Before the time comes for it to be used. How can you prove that? Well, I think, Brother Sam, I can prove your church building right here by the Bible. I believe I can prove this church right here by the Bible. You say, how can you do that? Well, there was a man named Samson one day, and Samson was brought up on the earth for one purpose, and that purpose was to defeat Philistines. His only intention, his only motive, his only purpose of, of existing or being upon the earth was to defeat Philistines. And one day, there was a thousand Philistines that were following Samson. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know where to turn to. He did not have 
have the means, amen, to defeat them Philistines. But the prophet said he looked down and he said laying there was an old draw, was an old job on a mule was an old jawbone of an old mule laying there. Remember, said that thing had been dead for hundreds of years. He said, but God let it die there because he knew Samson would come there one day and he would be surrounded by a thousand Philistines. Well, Samson looked over there. He said, that's a building we can't afford. He said, that's too much property. That's too many. I'm preaching to you. That's too many blessings there. But you know what God said? God said, pick it up, Samson. Pick that building up, Sam. Pick that building up, church. I have ordained that building. I have positionally placed that building for you to pick up. Come on, church. He didn't give you this building. Amen. Just to be a cold, formal, another morgue in Bentley, Kansas. But he gave you this building. Amen. To defeat devils. He gave you this building to lay hands on the sick. He gave you this building. If the God of paradox could come in your midst and perform another paradox. <laughs> what is it, God? It's an old jawbone of an old dead mule. Pick it up, Samson. Lord, Lord, you don't realize what I'm looking at. I knew what you was going to be looking at when I left that jawbone die right there. I knew you was going to be facing a thousand Philistines that was going to have helmets of brass. They was going to have all kinds of things. Remember, said one hit with that dry jawbone, it should have shattered to death. He said, but Samson, oh God, Samson took a building from the 1800s and whipped devils left and right in the city of Bentley, Kansas. Come on, church. I'm talking about the bride's paradox. I'm not talking about Samson's paradox. I'm talking about word made flesh assemblies paradox. Come on. It's time to get up and pick up the promises of God and start beating them devils down. It's time to beat the demon of depression down. It's time to beat the demon of cancer down. Lord, it's an old bride jawbone. I love what Brother Brown says. He said God was on that old jawbone. And if he can get in a then surely he can get on, a, on ours that's alive. And some of y'all got some dry, got some dry jawbones right here tonight. It's been a month of Sunday since you said Amen. Because that old devil is trying to tell you it ain't going to get no better. Things ain't going to change. It's always going to be this way. You're never going to overcome. But come on, church. If Samson could get a hold of that dry jawbone and whip his enemy. We don't have a dry jawbone here tonight. We've got a well. It's an artesian well. It's a well of promise. It's a well of power. It's a well of faith been anointed to pick it up and slay that devil. What are you saying? I'm saying the God of paradox is here. You say, Brother Andrew, what about that man named Joshua? Let's talk about Joshua for a minute. What about Joshua? Joshua stood in a position where he needed the sun to stand still. He needed the moon to come and hang over the valley of Azon. Now, you actually know why he needed that, don't you? The problem of God said Joshua knew that if the sun went down, the moon came out, he said the enemy would run, he said, and they would go regroup. 
right? He said the next day they would come back. He said when they come back, they would be more powerful. He said they would be stronger, amen, when they come back than they were, amen, the, the day before in the battle. So Joshua stood there as a son of God under a divine promise of God and looked at the son and said, son, stand still. You can, you, you can actually read this in the book of Joshua, the sixth chapter. He stands there and says, son, stand still. The moon stayed had avenged themselves upon their enemies. He said, is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of the heavens and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before. Church, here is Joshua standing on the earth looking at creation elements and says, Sun, stand still. Moon, hang over Agilon. Amen. We got some devils to defeat. And Brother Abraham said, watch. He said, the sun stood still. He said, the moon hung still. He said, the teacher told me one time that God winked at his ignorance. He said, but anyhow, it stopped. That was the main thing. It stopped. Science proves that a mark in the sky still stays. That's the truth can vindicated by a mark in the skies today that it did take place. Come on, friends. Do you know what Joshua the sixth chapter was? It was a prefigure of Mark the 11th chapter that was coming to the Gentile church. What was what did Joshua do? Joshua did not take his hand and stop the sun. He did not go out there and pull the sun down, but he spoke the word and he said, sun, stand still. Oh, glory to God. He said, sun, stand still. Moon, hang over Agilon until the children of God come to victory over their enemies. But remember, said, what was that? He said, that was the day coming of Mark eleven twenty two. If you can, can I preach a little bit? You say to this mountain, be moved and do not doubt in your heart. Amen. But believe that what you said will come to pass. You can have what you said. Come on, church. People say, well, amen, someday, some hour. I say, if not today, then tell me when we're going to preach John 14, 12. If not right now, then tell me when we're going to manifest Mark, the 11th chapter. But I happen to believe that there is a God of paradox who has a well, glory to God. He has anointed you and has positionally placed you in a time such as this to perform a paradox through you. And still, moon hang over Agilon. He said, see, that's defined nature, but you have a motive and objective to that that's connected with it. Find out in the word if it's supposed to be done. Then God is calling you to do it. Find out in the Word if it's supposed to be. Come on, church. What I'm preaching to you is in the Word. The Word says, I know this is simple, but I'm just preaching a little bit. The Word says this is the time they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is the time, Brother Wendell, they shall cast out devils. This is the time that they shall speak the Word. Come on, church. Who is that they? That they is you. That they is you. Creation has been waiting. Heaven has been waiting. The earth has been waiting. Come on, God's got somebody to do it. 
God's calling somebody to come on. He's calling somebody right here in Bentley, Kansas on a Saturday afternoon. He's calling somebody to believe his word. He's calling somebody to take him in his word. He's calling somebody to stand against all odds. When you know that it's spoken in the word to do it, I, I just I want to lay some things in here on the spoken word if that's okay. When the word is spoken to do it, then God has called you to do it, then it'll happen. Didn't say Austin, it might, it'll happen. If your motive and objective is right to God, that's why visions take place. That's why things go the way you have to know God promised for this hour. You cannot explain it. Somebody say you cannot explain it. No man can explain how certain things will be predicted and never one time fail to happen. It's a paradox. But God said do it. It's the day. The day we're living in, the sun stood still. Then according to a word prophet, we have returned back, come on, to Joshua's authority by the spoken word. How many knows that Jesus was a paradox? When Jesus lived on earth, he was a paradox. Come on. He could go to school, look in there, and every kid in the school he went to with, brother, could, they could look at him and say, you know what you were? You were an illegitimate child. He would say, no, I'm not. He would say, my, my mother, she's really not my mother. He would say, what happened was, amen, the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. The Holy Ghost overshadowed her. He said, amen, I'm just here by the creation of Almighty God. He knew who he was. He was a paradox. Listen, when he was here on earth, he walked on the water. <laughs> Herbert Bram said the day, he said, Jesus, he said he walked on the water. He said he must have the right size foot. <laughs> I got thinking, Brother Wendell, would that be a 15? <laughs> he must have had the right size foot. Amen. Come on. You, you, you imagine, Brother Aaron, you imagine you're walking down the road with you and your buddies and all of a sudden one of your buddies looks over and there's a body of water and over there is a need that the Father has to be met and he just turns and starts walking on the water. You say, well, that's crazy. That's Bible days. But I heard a prophet say, Bible days are here again. Well, Brother Andrew, that was just Jesus. Well, pray tell me who you are. Well, that was just Jesus. I had a prophet say, you are Miss Jesus Christ. What the bridegroom done, the bride is going to do too. I think it's high time for the church of the living God to start walking in the promises of God. Explain to me scientifically. Tell me how a man walked on the water. It was a paradox. Now, can I preach? One day he took five biscuits. He took five biscuits, two fish, fed 5,000. Listen, what kind of Adam did he turn loose? Come on, don't get ahead of me. Stay with me. Let me preach this quote. What kind of Adam did he turn loose? He said, now, that wasn't even fish alive. <sighs> Come on, church. When that little boy skipped school, he did not catch them fish on the way to school. They were already caught. They were already clean. Sister Fresca, they had already been seasoned. They had already been fried. They, had, they were ready to eat. Amen. Them biscuits weren't laying out there in barley fields. They weren't there in flour and wheat form. They were made biscuits. 
Come on, church. They were made biscuits. He said, now watch. He said, and what Adam did he turn loose? Oh, my. The fish wasn't even alive. But when he broke that bread, he broke it off a piece of biscuit. And when he handed it out, listen, when he handed it out, the time he got his hand back. The time he got his hand back, there was another biscuit there. Come on, church. By the time he got his hand back, there was already another biscuit there. He said, another biscuit there, already raised. The wheat in the field, already cooked. All the grease in it, seasoned. Here was a piece of fish. He broke it off. It was not raw fish. It was another piece of cooked fish. Come on, this is where I want to preach to you for a second. And that element is given to us if we'll just abide in the Word. Whatever, Brother Wendell, was in his hand that could feed 5,000, the prophet said that element is in the church. Well, what was that, Sister Leah? That was creation power by the Word. Come on, church. You are not here tonight as a bunch of helpless, hopeless church members. You are here as predestinated sons, daughters of God, with the Word of God. Stay there. I believe we're on the verge of seeing it happen. Live true to the Word. There you are. He had cooked fish. That was a paradox. He did not have time to cook it. When he brought his hand back, did not have time to go out there, pull the wheat up out of the ground, put some butter on the biscuits. He had it in his hand. Can I preach to you? Then I propose to you, whatever is in his hand is in his church. Whatever was in his hand has come into his church. That's why the devil hates you. That's why the devil's trying to stop you. Is the devil knows you're not just church members. You are a literal spoken word seat bride in position by the word to speak the word with not a question mark, but with an authority, with a vindication. Speak the word and watch the God of creation. Come on the scene and perform the promise of his word. Whatever was in his hand. That element is in the church here tonight. My Bible said they shall lay hands on the sick. Whatever was in his hand is in his church. What is this word element? It's a part or aspect of something. It is an abstract, especially one that is essential or characteristic. Are you ready for this? It's a small but significant presence of a feeling or abstract quality. Oh, God. The only people that can fulfill John 14, 12, are those who are under an abstract. Has been ran all the way back in the mind. Listen, you are not hijacking the promises of God. They belong to you. You've got rights in the Holy Ghost. 
the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, then when the human element goes out and the Spirit of God fills that vacancy where you can empty yourself, then will be when the church in its power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus will walk in his steps. Walk in his power, in his thoughts, in his being, in his moving. You see what I mean? Then your thoughts will become words, and your words will become material. I believe it's on its road that when the church will be so wrapped in Christ, the Holy Spirit, mankind, so away from themselves that they don't see themselves. They don't have no thoughts but to serve God. Their thoughts move on. They refuse the things of the world. They just move in the Spirit. They live in the Spirit. They move in the Spirit. They walk in the Spirit. So fulfill the law of Christ. Then the love of Christ in the human heart, moving in the Holy Ghost, that great, wonderful church will go forth with power and deity are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Because deity will be revealed in human beings by the Holy Spirit bringing to pass the thought of their mind. And Brother Merle, I propose to you tonight that deity is not in heaven. Deity is on the earth. It's a paradox. He said we get the human element mixed up with the Christian golly element, then we just get a mess out of it because we only know by inches, feet, miles, and so forth, ounces and pounds. That's all we know. We're time people. But God is eternal. He has no inches. He has no miles. He has no yesterday. He has no tomorrow. It's all eternity with him. We just get mixed up. So the best thing in doing is reading his word and remember that the word will not contradict itself. Then here, I, I'm, I'm hurrying, here, here is the mystery of the paradox. The prophet said a mystery is a scripture. Mark 11 is a scripture. John 14, 12 is a scripture. Luke 17, 30 is a scripture. Hebrews 4, 12 is a scripture. Revelation 10 is a scripture. Malachi 4, are you getting my point? These things that we're speaking of, we're not speaking of from a Jewish fable. We're not speaking of from a fleshly mind of a person trying to make it up. We're speaking from the word of truth. Is a previously hidden truth now divinely revealed, but which is a supernatural element still remains despite the revelation. So when the human element goes out, something's got to fill the vacancy. When the human element goes out, then the supernatural element comes in. Listen, people say, well, we're, we got the revelation. The revelation does not dismiss the supernatural. And the supernatural does not dismiss the revelation. It's the self, same thing. We are not here under, amen, just supernatural or just revelation. We are walking under a supernatural revelation. Now, let me show you this tonight by the help of the Lord. Then when this mind comes into you, the prophet said, let this mind be in you which was in Christ. As long as there's any human injections, human ideas, then God's germ of life, the Holy Spirit, cannot work. But that element that was in his hand is in the church. 
Now, Brother Bram preaches paradox. Brother Hobbs is actually amazing. Every time he preaches this, he goes back to Kentucky, or Indiana rather, and tells the story about the infidel. Remember that? He said the infidel, so we went down there, Banks Woods got out. He said, got so low, you got to, you're familiar with the story. If you are, raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about. Goes down there to hunt. He says, listen, you got so low, you got to bring a preacher with you. Everywhere you go. He said, yeah. He said, I want my pastor. Brother Bram said, time I get out. He said, you coon. He said, he said y'all are like a, a lion coon dogs. He said, always barking up the wrong tree. Right? That's what he said. He said, it's a, he said, it's a, it's a, he said, I'm an infidel. Brother Bram said, that ain't nothing to be proud of. He said, well, he said, why are you an infidel? He said, I don't believe there's nothing to that God. But listen, it's a paradox. He says, but there is one I would like to meet. He said, a few years ago, he come through Acton Campground. Remember? said he'd come in this part of the country. So we went down there. He said, now what happened was there's a lady up here on the hillside. He said she had had cancer for years. He said, she, we, wife and I went up every day, helped take care of her, lifted her out of bed. He said, but that preacher come in this part of the country, he had never been... He had never been in this part of the world before. But what was in him had been there. We only know inches and miles and borders and time. But God is eternal. He said, that man never been in this part of the country before. He said, but before he, the, before that woman's daughter left, he said, she went over. He said, now when she went in the meeting, that man stood up and said, listen, he said, you got a handkerchief in your pocketbook. You got it out of a top dresser drawer. On the corner of it. On the corner of it, amen, is a blue, is a little blue line. He said, on the middle of it is this, described it to a T. He said, take it home to your mother who's got cancer, lay it on her body, thus saith the Lord, she'll be well. He said, next morning we heard a commotion, ran up there, thought she had died. He said, sir, she was up doing her own cooking, doing her own washing. doing her own cooking, doing her own washing, doing her own thing. He said, we walked in there. He said, what's wrong with you? She said, that preacher my daughter went to last night, and she spoke everything about me, and God has healed my body. He said, now here, I want to ask that guy. I'm going somewhere. Give me a few minutes. I'm not going to preach all night. I want to ask that guy, by what intelligence did, you, did he know <laughs> By what intelligence did he know, amen, what that woman's condition was, where she lived, what her daughter done to get a prayer cloth? He said, I would like to know. Abraham turned and looked at him said, do you give a cow enough rope, it'll hang itself. He said, sir, you tell me how, amen, that this tree, amen, every year puts out apples, and then the apples fall off, and the tree dies, and it goes through winter, and the next year the apples come back up. He said, sir, we're going to go hunting, and when we get back, if you can tell me what intelligence what intelligence causes that tree to reproduce every year he said I'll tell you what intelligence told me what color of handkerchief that woman had what was wrong with that woman that man jumped back brother Miguel he said told you he said name what Branham was it he said oh yes it was he said that's who I am I'm brother Branham he said and that supreme intelligence he said that man fell down on his face gave his heart to God here it is brother Miguel Brother Wendell, here's the beautiful thing about it. 
Brother Bram said he was an infidel. He said for years he had walked by that tree. He said, and for years the supreme intelligence had been in that tree and he had been walking by it. The God he was doubting was in his front yard. Was in his front yard. Come on, church. Whatever was in that tree was in that hand. And whatever was in that hand was in the seventh angel with a gift of discernment. What are you saying? I'm saying I'm not reading John 14, 12. I'm looking at John 14, 12. Never been, never been in this part of the country before, but God's going to achieve something. How's it going to be, Brother Miguel? He's going to do it by and through the members of the bride will be fulfilled. All that was promised of God to be made manifest. She knows that. She's not yet time for him to do certain things that he must now do, but he will now. Can I leave this in there to you? Brother Sam, he will now fulfill through the bride. That work which he left for this specific time. I'm talking about the bride's paradox. I'm saying it's bride time. I'm saying this is a bright age. According to a prophet, we've come through church ages. Now, people say, well, don't say bright age, okay? Brother Sam, give me some liberty, okay? They say, don't say bright age. Well, let me just say this. Study the message long enough, and you'll find enough different terms Brother Bram used to speak a bright age. Like today, prisoner, 1963, he said, come to the church ages. He said, but now we're in the free age. I was, I was in my room. He said, now we're in the free age. I said, that's right, Brother Bram, we're in the bride age. Are you hearing me? It's your time, bride. It's your season. It's your hour to fulfill. Come on. He's not going to bring back Paul. He's not going to raise up William Branham. But he has predestinated you for a time such as this. Find your position. Find your anointing. Stand against the wiles of the devil. Can I borrow a few minutes? I believe that Jesus Christ reincarnated in flesh in the human church here on earth a doing signs and wonders. 1953. 1963. Souls in prison. The spirit of Christ living in us does not change the nature of him. Does it change God's system? He must be the same in every generation. Must be the same. The ministry of Jesus Christ reincarnated in his church in the last day. I challenge you, Tampa, Florida, 1964, I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the, oh God, in the form of Son of Man, in human flesh, through the bride's body. Whatever was in that hand, was in that tree, was in that prophet, can I say this, is in this message. Is in you. 
It's in you. What are you saying? I'm saying the preaching then of the revelation of the revealing of the Son of Man is actually elevating faith and causing us to believe it's me. It's me. It's me. I'm in position to speak the word. Greater works through the bride's body. What are you saying? I'm saying you've been anointed to speak the word and go forward. This is not Moses' paradox. This is not Noah's paradox. This is the bride of Jesus Christ. It's her paradox. It's your paradox. Can I tell you why the devil's fighting you like he's fighting you? It's because he knows if this word seed is inside of you, the ministry of Jesus Christ is reincarnated in flesh in this hour. Remember Brother Bram goes out to Colorado? Goes out there on the hunting trip. So we got out there. He said, now, when we got out there, they started calling for a snowstorm. He said, I told the guys the very minute. Can I preach a second? The very minute that you see the clouds begin to gather. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to head for the camp. He said, head for the camp. They said, yeah. He said, because it'll get so bad you won't be able to see a foot in front of you. So Brother Bram said, we're out there hunting. He said, all of a sudden, the clouds gather. He said, and all of a sudden, he said, I begin to turn and go back, and something says, but why don't you speak? Why don't you speak to the storm? Oh. Joshua's day back on the earth to find nature. He said, I squared my shoulders back there under that presence. I looked at the sun. I said, sun stand, sun come out and shine. Clouds go back. Let the sun shine till we come out of this, till we come out of here. Spoken word, greater works. This is not Joshua. Come on, this is not the body Jesus. This is the bride paradox. And instantly the sun come out. The clouds separated. The snow went back. Whatever was in his hand is in his church. He said, the sun come out. He said, a few days I went down to the gas station. He said, I walked in the gas station. Now watch this, Bride's Paradox. I walked in the gas station. Guy said, what are you doing out here? He said, I've been hunting. He said, got lucky, didn't you? Got lucky, didn't you? He said, what do you mean? He said, there was a snowstorm coming. He said, right out here the other day, it just started snowing. He said, y'all been hunting? Y'all been hunting? And he said, yeah. He said, you realize what happened, don't you? Brother Bram said, what's that? He said, all of a sudden, the snow was falling. I just got to preach here for a second. I'm going to close my Bible. I got to preach on them all of a sudden moments. Because I believe that's what's right happening right here in this building tonight. All of a sudden, he said the snow was falling, but all of a sudden the snow quit falling, and out of nowhere the sun shined, and he said it's been clear ever since. Brother said, you don't say, do you? You don't say. Little did that gas station clerk realize he was speaking to the man who was up on the mountain. But it was not the flesh of William Branham. It was the deity of Jesus Christ. The ministry of Jesus Christ had been reincarnated in a flesh body. He said, well, 
He said, you don't say. He said, yeah. He said, instantly it stopped. What are you saying? I'm saying you may be in a storm tonight. You may be in a storm tonight. Remember another one like this? Brother Eddie Biscoe tells this story. He said we was out hunting one day. Said the rain come in, was falling all around us. Said it was raining so hard. I actually heard Brother Eddie tell the other day in a sermon. He said it was raining so hard. He said rain was falling on the tent. Brother Bram never come out of his tent for four days. He said, but all of a sudden, on the fourth day he spoke. He said, it's over. We'll ride out of here dry. Come on, church. What are you saying? It's over. We will ride out of here dry. Brother Branham, it's been raining. I don't care the conditions. The word has come to the church. It's not a fiction. It's not a fable. Come on, church. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying what Brother Biscoe said. He said, when we walked out of there, he said the trees were dry, the leaves were dry. He said everything on us was dry. We didn't even brush against a we didn't even brush against a tree limb and get some water on us. It was all dry. You know why? Because the spoken word reincarnated in the member of the bride said the storm is over. We're gonna ride out of here dry. Come on, church. I've been hearing a prophet, and he said. The battle is over. The victory's won. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is back in his church. We're going to leave here one of these mornings. We're going to ride out of here dry. Say, That's crazy, is it really? The children of Israel crossed the Red Sea and didn't even, get, didn't even get mud on their shoes. It's a paradox. It's incredible. But it's true. Let our musicians come tonight. It's incredible. It's incredible. But it's true. It's incredible that God could take a young man born in sin, shape and iniquity, daddy a moonshine steel maker, moonshine maker, packing water to a moonshine steel, and the angel of God appear to him. And separate him and say, there's a Nazarite vow upon your life. Don't you smoke, don't you drink. It's incredible. But it's true. It's incredible, Brother Aaron, to stand there and <laughs> all, the, all the elements of the storm. Stand there and say, sun come out. Clouds go back. It's incredible. But it's true. Listen, time would fail me tonight to speak of all the paradoxes of this generation. It's incredible. Incredible. It's incredible that you get a building like this. But it's true. It's incredible. It's incredible God raised up a pastor right here with a burden to see the Spirit of God move, anointing moving throughout the meetings. Fight devils left and right to establish a work. It's incredible. Brother Sam, it's true. Listen, I'm not a crazy man. I'm a paradox. 
It's incredible. Young man come from the background I came from. Stand here in this pulpit tonight and preach to you the promises of God. It's incredible. But it's true. Some of y'all sitting here tonight, you shouldn't be sitting here. Should be in a jail cell. Should be in a graveyard. Should be in a hospital room. But you're in the house of God. Raising your hands and worshiping the Lord. Praising His name. Blessing Him. It's incredible. But it's true. No strength to withstand false doctrines. Churches built on every corner preaching them. Trinitarian titles. Evidence Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Women preachers. Oh, no, 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 you could go. But God prayed over you. He prayed over this bride. He said, Father, they're going to be in the world. But they're not going to be of the world. Sanctify them. Keep them by thy word. It's incredible. Won't you stand to your feet with us tonight? There's a, there's a, there's a Roman system. It's a denominational system that's overtaken religion. And Brother Merle, the Bible says everything whose names are not found on the Lamb's Book of Life will fall before that beast in worship. But here stands a group of people tonight that shall never bow a knee to the Roman Catholicism system. It's incredible. But it's true. What are you saying? I'm saying the God of paradoxes is back in the church. He's in your flesh. It's incredible. But it's true. What are you saying? I'm saying right here tonight, he's here to perform a paradox. You say, Brother Andrew, I don't have cancer. I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have no financial needs. I'm just, do you have the Holy Ghost? Well, no, Brother Andrew, I, I don't have the Holy Ghost. God gave you the Holy Ghost. It's a paradox. Incredible. But it's happening right here tonight. It's true. You believe God still performs paradoxes. You believe God still works miracles day out at Brother Ron Spencer's. My wife sitting back on the back row holding our little baby. It was incredible. She was sitting back there and she was holding him. She began to think about the doctor's report we just got the other day that he had a hernia in his stomach that would, uh, uh, I think it was umbilical cord hernia. Stuck probably, it probably stuck that part out. He would cry, look like the thing was going to pop. The thing literally looked painful. Doctor said it'll take four years to go away and if it's not gone in four years, we'll have to do surgery and Corrected. He said, it's not, no big deal. He said, it's common. You just, every, he said, hundreds of cases, thousands of years. But there was a, there were some believers that said it may be common, but it don't have to be common in this household. And not even thinking about it, but while I was preaching, my wife got up and come up there to end the service around the hall. Right up said, I just want to pray over this. You look at his stomach today, it's gone. It's incredible. But somebody still believes God. Somebody still believes His Word. It's incredible. But it's true. 
Listen, I can start passing the microphone through this building right now and one after another, after another, after another. Do we welcome the God of paradox tonight? How about on this Saturday evening in this assembly, we say, Lord, we welcome the God of paradox. Come in the midst of the church. Come in in the power of your resurrection. Come in here tonight and take possession. It's incredible, Austin, but it's true. Everything against us, we shouldn't be here, but we are. It's incredible, but it's true. Won't you bow your hearts with us tonight? It's incredible. How many could say tonight, Lord, reincarnate, reincarnate your ministry, your life in my flesh? Lord, whatever was in your hand, move the human element out of the way so that the supernatural element can come in and you can manifest through me the promises of your word. God bless you. God bless you there. Maybe you're here tonight as a young person. You say, Lord, I don't see the potentials of anything ever working through my life. Made mistakes. I've made failures. But the God of paradox has come in this building tonight. He's come to write a paradox in your life. Say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender my thoughts. I surrender my motives. I surrender my objectives. I surrender my agendas. I surrender my will, Lord, to you. Oh, God of paradox. God of paradox. Come perform one in my life. Come perform one in my family. Heavenly Father, all across this building tonight is your believers. Father, these are not believers in a man. They're not believers in a creed. They're not believers in a church system. Lord, they're believers in the promise of your word. And Lord, your prophet told us that the word of promise is, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Father, as we come before you tonight, we're not coming out of ritual, Lord. We're not coming out of tradition. We're not coming out of just, Lord, somebody ask us to come before you. But Lord, as I look across this congregation, I believe there's a deep, sincere desire and hearts and lives here tonight. They're saying, God, fill this vacancy. Lord, take this human element out. Take these restrictions, these limits, times, inches, miles, feet. Lord, take all those things out. You're the eternal God. You're the God of eternity. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Lord, Write a paradox out in my life, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, fill me with the dynamics of your spirit. Change my heart, oh God. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Just you and the Lord now. As you say, Lord, Lord, fill this vacancy. If you're here tonight and you know that human element's gone, you've surrendered it, Lord. You've surrendered it to the Lord. You've let it go. You've dismissed it. You've pushed it out of the way. 
Now there's a vacancy there. Listen, if that supernatural element don't come in there, the human element will come right back. But you don't have to leave here tonight with that human element. You can leave here with the supernatural, spiritual element. God bless you tonight. So we just worship him. If anyone needs prayer, the altar is open tonight. Oh, yes, you are. You're all we need, Lord. Oh, yes.
lost without you.
much in Jesus is all that really matters.
Lord, may your presence be here in such a supernatural way. And may many souls be saved. Lord, may this little church shake this community like it's never been shaken, Father. We thank you for it. Lord, we're going back home. All of us going back home feeling that presence. And we so thank you for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You are